This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I want to say thank you to my Patreon subscribers and um, my Twitch subscribers. If you want to help out the channel, you can actually help out for as little as a buck a month. Enjoy the video and have some fun. Alright, so this video was given to me by uh, our lovely friend Joe. Um, and, well, he says that... Um, no, no, this wasn't it. This wasn't it. This is when I found myself. But um, this is a video. Oh, man. I'm going to do the one with Joe that sent me later. But uh, this is a video with talking about um, this Chris Hedges fan. And this is talking about how we're all slaves to billionaires now. That's an interesting claim. Let's see how that, how that may be right or wrong. Remember, also... Like, share, and subscribe. Let's go. This is the consequence of this. And just spin it up just a little bit. In 1980, before Reagan uh, changed our entire economic system, and we're still living in the Reagan economic system, by the way. By the way, we are in the 40th year of a giant failed experiment exactly. in, in economic. Yeah, that's the thing. Reaganomics was just horrible. This neoliberal, this neoliberal like construct has just been hurting us for the longest time. We've gotten rid of the safety net. The wages have stagnated um, versus productivity. Um, true um, wages, um, hourly wages for employees have stagnated while CEOs and you know, business owners' profits have gone up. We've went through three major receptions in my lifetime, from the dot com crash, the it, the ones that I remember, the dot com crash, the two thousand eight crash, and the COVID crash. Like it's just been horrible, but you know, shitting on the most vulnerable people in order to give profits to the rich, what do you expect? But let's go. Some governance. Um, the the, the so-called trickle-down economics, and that's a whole other rant. Those of you who listen to my show have heard me do it many times. Um, but um, at that point in time, in 1980, the, the average markup was 21%. Um, in other words, if a, if, a, uh, if a store bought a product, actually at retail, Retail tends to, to be somewhat different, but in general, goods manufactured, goods sold, the difference in price between the manufactured cost and the sold, and the sale price was typically, on average, across the country, 21%. Today, it's 61%, which raises the question, where did that 40% of literally the entire economy, or the 80% of the economy that is the free market, as opposed to the roughly 20% of the economy that's government spending, where does that, where did that 40% of the 80% of the entire American GDP go. 
So that's actually very, very interesting. When you actually see that so much of the, the 20% markup, as he said. So basically, I remember working for GNC and the big protein powders that they charge people 60 bucks for, you still only, they only charge them like 25 for. Like, this this is the, the profit they make on top. Like, basically, the cost, that's what he's describing. And it's interesting where you get into, like, retail. And, by the way, that was back in, like, 2008, 2000, uh, 2006, 2000, uh, wait, wait, wait. 2005, 2006, 2007. Like, those big-ass tubs are, like, $70 now. They only cost them, like, $30, $30 at the time. And it's just, like, y'all are fucking with people, right? And, like, I looked at it and was like, wow, they're, they're fucking with people, right? And, yeah, no, they're, they're fucking people. They're fucking people. But, let's go. Well, it turns out back in, in the 1960s, uh, it's in the book. I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact year. I think it was 66. Time magazine uh, had a fascinating article, and, and I was able to find it when I was writing this book because I literally remembered reading it when I was a kid and thinking, wow. Back in 1966, they published this article asking the question, what will life, life be like in the year 2000? You know, 34 years in the future. And they looked at the relationship between the ability of a worker to produce goods and the, uh, the productivity and the pay that the worker gets from this is what I was talking about earlier, the productivity versus the pay. And back in 1960, they came up with an idea. Then, you know, the Freeman school of economics happened then Reaganomics happened and all that other good shit. But let's go. From the end of the Civil War until 1966. And what they found, you know, there were a few hiccups along the way, the, the great crash of the 1890s, 1896, and the great crash of 1929. But, but by and large, as workers became more productive, mostly through automation, again, the Industrial Revolution, as workers became more productive, their pay followed. Their pay went right up with it. And uh, so looking at this, the, 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 the writers for Time Magazine said, well, if pay continues to follow productivity and productivity continues to increase just at the rate it has been since 1930, then we can expect that by the year 2000, the average American family, the average American worker, because back then the average family had 1.1 or 1.2 people in the workforce. Um, today, it's a little over two. Um, but the average American uh, income would be around $200,000 a year. So you ask, well, where's my, you know, fill in the blank. I mean, the, the, uh, the median salary in the United States is around $40,000 a year. So where did my $160,000 go? Well, turns out we now know where it went. It went into the pockets of the top 5%. Most of it into the pockets of the top 1%. There has been this massive shift of wealth and income, income to start and ultimately wealth as a consequence of the income, from working people, average Americans, the, the so-called middle class, or working class into the pockets of the so-called investor class. And it, in large part, is the result of monopoly. It's the result of these companies having us by the absolute throat. You know, in France, uh, you can pick which internet company you want to have uh, you know, provide you with internet service, which is why, you know, it's 15 bucks for what we pay $80 for here. Now, how, do the, how does that work? You know, if, if the pipe coming into my house, the coax coming into my house is owned by Comcast. If this was France, Comcast would have to uh, basically rent they charge $15 a month for internet. Oh my fucking God. 
$15 a month for internet. $15 a month for internet. I I don't even know, man. Wow, that's that's oh god. And it's probably faster. As a matter of fact, I know it's faster because yeah. Reasons. Reasons. But let's go. My pipe, the pipe coming into my house to any company that I chose. So there could be, you know, 200 different companies competing to provide me with internet service. They'd have to send a dollar to Comcast to cover the hard infrastructure costs, but then they could charge me, you know, 14 additional dollars for their services. So, you know, in France or any other <laughs> developed country in the world, you can choose from a whole bunch of different internet providers. Same with cell phone service. Same with, you know, I mean, fill in the blanks, right? This goes on and on. But in the United States, no, the, the rules got changed over and over and over again. You know, whether it was airline slots or whether it was internet service or whether it was phone service to lock us in to this monopoly system. And thus, you know, our pro productivity is gone. The solution to this, in my opinion, what we need to do about this is um, is twofold. Uh, number one, we have to. This is actually very interesting. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah. Oh, shit. We won. OK. But this is actually very, very interesting because it's just telling you it's just telling you exactly what's going on it's just like and it's really really weird it's just like everywhere but the united states is where you see this bullshit at and it's just like y'all are really fucking with us y'all are really really fucking with us and i don't know I, I really, really don't know. And damn, $15 a month for internet? But we got freedom here. Freedom to be oppressed by billionaires. But let's go. To, well, let, let me back up just a little bit. Reagan basically stopped the enforcement of the antitrust laws. They are still on the books. They can be interpreted by the administration because the administration is responsible for enforcing laws passed by Congress and they can and they can be enforced vigorously or lackadaisically. And in fact, there's even talk. Uh, Microsoft is learning about the antitrust laws, aren't they? Microsoft is learning with Blizzard about the antitrust laws, right? Activision Blizzard about the antitrust laws. But let's go. Right now, uh, the Trump administration is talking about going after Google using the antitrust laws. Now, the main reason they, they're doing that is because Donald Trump is upset because when you Google stupid things about him, they pop up, you know. Okay, that's gotta, that's, that's gotta be the most trigger thing somebody actually do. Uh, uh, you said bad things about me, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna break up your company. Just like he did that shit with CBS, like, because he hated CNN, like, that's gotta be the most triggered shit that I can actually hear. Snowflake like a motherfucker. Just snowflake, triggered, all that other good shit. Like, wow. Like, wow. That's snowflakey shit. But let's go. At the top. Um, but, you know, I'm not expecting this to be a very vigorous effort. But, you know, we have the laws. We just have not had a president since 1980 or since 1979. Well, 1980 was Carter's last year. Who was willing to enforce those laws? You know, keep in mind, it was Carter who finished breaking up AT&T. So, number one, we need to have an administration that's willing to enforce the laws. It's a conversation we all need to have with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris if they become president and vice president. I would hope. Oh, God, I would hope that that would be awesome if, like, 
they um if they dealt with the shit like they were supposed to deal with the shit. <laughs> Got his ass. Got him. Oops. Oops. Well, let's go. Uh, you know, next January. Secondly, uh, we need to tighten and fine tune the laws themselves. And in part, that's because the Supreme Court got in the act. When Robert Bork started doing his song and dance in the late 60s and through the 70s about monopoly laws and publishing his book and publishing all these articles and high flute journals and things like that, um, uh, the Supreme Court paid attention. I mean, he was a he was a major figure. He was uh, and and uh, he had been put on the appeals court. I, I believe it was Reagan who first put him on the appeals court. So he was a federal judge. And then Reagan, uh, I think it was '86, tried to put him on the uh, U.S. Supreme Court. And that was when it came out that Bork was a, just a, a a screaming racist and homophobe and you know misogynist and just one of the most bizarre, evil, awful people you could imagine. Which we should have been able to figure out back when Nixon got him to fire his attorney general. I mean, he was he was the last man standing in the Saturday night massacre in the Nixon administration around Watergate. He was just a so. If you don't know, like Bork is one of the guys who like. He like he was going up for like the Supreme Court, and it was like, yeah, we we found all this shit and this shit and this shit. So he like that's the shit that like they were like comparing caveat uh, um, uh, Kavanaugh to, and before, that before he even started, it was like, oh yeah, like no, we no nah, no, nah, we we see this shit like that shit. That's not this is not gonna work. But you know that's when it was you know country over political party. But let's go. Very corrupt guy. Um, which is why Reagan liked him and why Reagan tried to put him on the Supreme Court unsuccessfully. But in any case, in a case called GTE Sylvania, the Supreme Court in the 70s uh, adopted some of Bork's perspective. And, uh, you know, that can be fairly easily overturned. They didn't adopt it based on the Constitution. They adopted it based on the laws, on the way the laws were written. So all Congress would have to do is rewrite the laws and not in huge ways necessarily. The problem, of course, is that uh, the U.S. Supreme Court did an even greater harm to our country, which is why two books ago, uh, the, the book that I wrote was The Hidden History of the Supreme Court and the Betrayal of America. In 1976, in a case called Buckley versus Vallejo, and in 1978. So those are the line for money into politics. I believe that's what he's going to actually say, but let's see what he's going to say about it. Two years later, in a case for, called First National Bank versus Bilotti, the Supreme Court ruled that... Um, up to that time, from 1789 when we became a republic, up until 1976, if a billionaire controlled a politician to the, to the point, you know, basically was their major patron and donor, and that politician was always dancing to the tune of that particular billionaire or uh, his or her industry, then that was considered corruption. And people would go to jail, you know, a scandal. Um, and it was also called... Yeah, no, that this is what he's talking about. Okay, yeah, he's talking about the allowing of money into politics um let's go bribery um well in 76 the supreme court said well no if a billionaire wants to own a politician uh with their money that money isn't actually money it's speech and speech is protected under the first amendment so we're going to call that free speech and then two what? years later in the Bellotti case they said and we're going to now extend this logic to corporations as well if corporation wants to own politicians and what that did was it just opened the you know the, broke the dam. Yeah. A flood of very wealthy, you know, uh, billionaire money. I mean, they weren't billionaires back then. They were hundred millionaires. We didn't get billionaires until until we got uh, Reagan's tax cuts. But 
billionaire, what we would today call billionaire money, flooded into the system. And, and we have the fucked up ass system that we have right now. But I'm gonna let it go ahead and finish. Corporate money. And these right-wing foundations, like the Scape Foundation, the Coors Foundation, and things like that. And that, uh, at the time, the Democratic Party was largely funded by unions. And so they said, well, we'll take a pass on this. They, they didn't start taking corporate money until 92 with Clinton. Um, but the Republican Party was like, hey, cross our palms, you know, grease our palms with that money and we will be what, you know, ever you want. And that's what basically, you know, floated the, you know, SS Reagan in 1980 and, and has been keeping the Republican Party alive ever since. All right. So, yeah, this makes so much more sense. This makes so much more sense right now. And we see it with so many people. We see it with so much of our political system and it's pretty fucked up. It's really fucked up. And I just, it's weird because <laughs> a lot of people are so caught up in not seeing that not seeing the corrupting influence of money that it has in our politics and it's so fucking stupid and i fucking hate it and it just makes me feel like it just makes me feel like a lot of people they want the corruption they want the corruption because they think that they're going to be the next people that they, they're going to be the next people that's going to be the billionaires and they're going to be able to make the rules and they don't want the rules because the rules are going to affect them because they're going to be the billionaires in the situation. And that's, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. And the fact that a lot of people actually think that way lets us know that a lot of people just don't have empathy for their fellow human beings. And I don't, I don't know. And it's just sad to, to really to say it. But anyway, like, share, subscribe, and all that other good shit. If I gave myself a power